you or someone you love needs help for an addiction, where do you turn? Foundations Recovery Network offers individualized treatment for the whole person. Our goal goes beyond short-term sobriety. We address substance abuse and co-occurring mental health issues together, providing a firm foundation for long-term recovery. The first step is often the hardest, but we're here with a free assessment, insurance information, and treatment options. Our confidential helpline is available 24-7, so call 877-714-1318 and discover the Foundation's Recovery Network difference today. This is Rich Roll, and you're listening to Silver Guy Radio. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to Humans for bringing us in. Thanks to you for supporting the show. Be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com for past episodes and resources. Also connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at RealThatSoberGuy on Instagram at Shane Raymer on Twitter. Uh, we have the first Sober Guy live show coming up September 7th in just a couple of weeks. Uh, so please check that out. It's at the Phoenix Theater in Petaluma, California with special guest TJ Woodward. Uh, if you're in the Northern California area, if you want to travel out to the California area, uh, we'd love to meet you, love to see you, love to have you be part of the show. Uh, you can get tickets at www.thephoenixtheater.com or thatsoberguy.com, and you can click on the live events tab there and uh, get yourself some tickets and uh, come check it out. Um, I don't have very many announcements today. If you need some help, call Foundations Recovery Network. Do I have the number in front of me? Of course I do. 877-714-1318. They got nationwide residential and outpatient facilities. You got any questions? You need uh, you need some help yourself. You need a family member uh, who might need some help, or you have a family member who not, might need some help. Uh, you can check them out. Uh, one more time, let me give you that number. That's eight seven 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 one four one three one eight. And as always, thanks to our sponsors, uh, Foundations Recovery Network. Uh, once again, thanks to Humans. And then, uh, man, we're gonna plug Sober Nation tonight too. Uh, Sober Nation. Uh, great company out of Florida, homies of the show since really we started, uh, you know, in that first year, I think Tim and I connected. So what's up to those guys? Hope they're doing well. And as a matter of fact, just read a good article. Uh, if you guys who follow the show on the, on the regular basis, uh, know that we had Dave Buckner on and, uh, and Dave, uh, had an article written, I believe by Tori from sober nation that they just put out this last week, really good article about his whole story and a lot of photos um, of that progression from the early days in Papa Roach uh, all the way up to uh, his his life in sobriety now. So definitely a cool one. I think you can check that out at SoberNation.com if you want to look into that. Uh, let's do a couple of iTunes reviews. Um, this first one uh, comes from Sechel22. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. I know that uh, Sechel actually... Um, uh, hit me up on Instagram recently and I did see that. So I appreciate that. And, uh, once again, it's at real, that sober guy. If, uh, if you want to connect on Instagram and she says, I love this show. It's very easy to easy to listen to and relate with. And, uh, I saw a great review about it on the app sober grid, which is awesome. We've done a podcast with, uh, with Chris, I think from sober grid. So what's up to those guys. And uh, she says, so I started listening back in March when I was first starting my sobriety, and I'm really excited for the new shows each week. Uh, So much love. Thank you for that review right there, and uh, thank you for the follow on Instagram too, and I hope your sobriety's going well. March, what are we in? March 
Many of your favorite March, April, May, June, July, August. Man, so you're rolling up on on six months here pretty soon. So uh, that's pretty badass. Keep it up and uh, keep doing what you do. Sashel22, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, and then we have one more here I wanted to read. It's uh, I think it's Christ. C-R-I-C-E-2448. Another five-star review here. So Shane, I look forward to the show. I can't wait for the podcast to come out. I'm a new listener. I've struggled with drugs, and your show has helped me out a lot, and I will keep listening to you. Uh, everyone needs to hear the show. I have no complaints about anything. Keep up the good work, Shane. Thank you. Uh, so once again, much love. Great review there. Always appreciate the reviews, guys uh, and gals. And, uh, um, you know, if you don't know how to leave one, you can look on YouTube. How do I leave a review on iTunes? Otherwise... You go to iTunes and you click on the tab that says leave a review. I feel like I'm in a little bit of a slow-mo mood tonight. I'm definitely chill. I will say that after a busy-ass day. And, uh, man, how many of y'all out there just got some madness going on right now in your schedule? Uh, where you feel like you're being pulled apart in many different directions between recovery um, you know, uh, maybe between work, between family, between issues going on in life. Uh, maybe they're mild issues, just normal shit. Maybe they're real serious ones that you're really having a tough time dealing with. Uh, man, it's, it's real. And we're always trying to juggle. I feel like, well, I'll speak for myself. I feel like I'm trying to juggle things all the time. And, uh, Jess and I were talking on a walk, we took the kids out on a walk uh, last night. Nice night, by the way, out in Vacaville. Good Lord, some Northern California weather. Got a little bit of that uh, nice, cool NorCal breeze going on as the sun was kind of going down. Uh, so you got to love that in August out here. Normally, you know, we're getting into the into the 100s, and it's just been hot and smoky. I'm sure those of you have heard uh, on the news and, and whatever that California's on fire, baby. And I ain't talking about a good fire. I'm talking about literally. There's fires everywhere. So make sure y'all say some prayers for us out here. I think everyone's holding on and people are doing good work. But I'm totally off track now. I totally forgot what the fuck I was saying. Dropped an F-bomb. I'm going to follow in Seth's footsteps from last week. I'm going to count. I believe that's one. We're going to try to limit it to three on this episode here. Um, anyways, I know what I was talking about now, the walk. So we go on a walk and, you know, we start talking about the busyness of life, how fast it's going by all the things going on. And, um, and you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer. And I think Jess would say the same thing, especially in the convo that we had, you know, God, your higher power, whatever you believe in something greater than ourselves that is in control won't give us stuff that we can't handle and um you know maybe for someone going through something that's extremely serious right now i hope that doesn't sound uh, abrasive or disrespectful or anything like that it's not how i mean it to be because i know there's some serious serious situations that certain people are going through definitely not as serious as as my stuff going on um but at the same time it's all about perspective and how are we able to take those situations that are either mild or extremely severe and put 
some sort of positive spin on them and figure out how we can turn uh, adversity or whatever it is that we're going through into something positive. That's a choice that we have. That's a choice that I have. It's a choice that you have. And that's something that I continue to work on through working a recovery program. So if you're not in a recovery program, I would absolutely highly recommend to jump into one. Now, I haven't said this in a while, but I probably should. As of yet, I am not a licensed professional. I will be soon. For those of you who have saw some of my posts, I'm actually going to uh, school right now to become a alcohol and drug counselor. So that's one exciting thing that's going on in the life. And, and, and it's also um, it's also another thing on top of the list of stuff that, uh, you know, I'm trying to delegate time and all those things. So I had no intention of talking about any of the shit that I just talked about for the last five minutes. I actually had something completely different. Um, but to wrap that up in a, in a somewhat somewhat neat bow, I guess we'll call it. Um, God, higher power, something greater than us is in control. We got to go with the flow. We got to be giving it up to him. I have to be giving it up to him on a daily basis. Every day that needs to be the focus. And, uh, you know, I'll share this with you real quick too, and then we'll get into, uh, get into the, um, the story today is that, um, you know, my sponsor recommended that I do a gratitude list this week. And, um, you know, I've been having some, some, uh, stress and, and different types of things in life. Um, and so he said, man, one of the things we can do is we can take a step back and we can look at how far we've came. And I'm a bit guilty of not doing that often enough because I'm constantly on the vision ahead you know, oh, you know, trying to be mindful, by the way, and, and stay in the moment the best I can. But, you know, goals and, and deadlines for, uh, you know, certain projects and uh, family stuff and all that. My mind is it's impossible for me to be in the moment all the time. I got to plan things. You know, there's things that I am, am mapping out and I like to play chess in my head. That's what I do. It, sometimes it, it works well and it's a good thing. And sometimes it can be a, a, a uh, uh, something that's uh, that gets me out of being mindful and being in the moment. So I got to try to balance that. But um, the gratitude list is something that, uh, and I haven't written it out yet, but I am going to do that this week. I just want to share that because if anyone else out there listening, you know, is, is interested in that. Or is thinking, you know what, yeah, maybe that is a good idea. Maybe I'll do a gratitude list. Or you can do it on anything. Uh, mine's going to start with with finances. Uh, you know, there, there's um, that's always. I think that's always uh, an an issue for people in um, financial situations. And I'm not talking about. I'm not trying to get into details or whatever my financial situation is, whatever yours is, whatever's going on. I'm just saying in general, because we obviously have bills to pay every every month, right? And so certain months, things come up, certain things um, are busier, times are busier, unexpected things come up, all that stuff. And so sometimes piled on with other crap, you know, that can get stressful. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. And so I have to take a step back and look at how far we've came, you know, from being evicted at one point and not being able to pay our electricity bill 
you know, all the way fast forward, you know, four and a half, almost five years now to, um, you know, buying a house or renting it from the bank, however you choose to look at it. That's kind of how I choose to look at it. Uh, but being in a much better position, being able to pay our bills on time, um, you know, that kind of stuff, like that's the kind of stuff I forget about because I'm looking to the next thing. Well, how can I, you know, arrange it so we're comfortable and, and, and we have this going on? And that's one example. So basically, I'm going to make a gratitude list and start it off with finances. What's your gratitude list going to be about? You know, think about it. What are you struggling with right now a little bit? Is there anything out there that um, that is bugging you? Maybe it's something that you don't think is really bugging you and you're kind of saying, eh, I got it, I can kind of deal with it. You know, I tend to do that a lot. And uh, I tend to minimize things. I'm, I actually, one of my one of my qualities that I'm really trying to, I almost said character defects, but I hate that word. One of my qualities I'm trying to work on is um is being you know a little more sympathetic and understanding a little bit and um and that goes back to um i totally just lost my train of thought right there don't you you got to just love that right dude okay totally off topic here but i really think i'm losing my mind some days lately with the the branches of the tree that are sticking out everywhere that is life right now um Lucy started school today and I felt like such a piece of shit. I'm like, yeah, great. Lou, second grade. Yeah. It's all this is so awesome. She looked at me and she was like, dad, I'm going into third grade. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? So number one, I knew she was going into third grade too, by the way, everybody. So I'm not, a, I'm not a terrible father. I did know that, but for some reason this morning, my brain was just so scrambled. Like I, I just totally blew it. Totally didn't, didn't get what was going on. And I think that is a product of, um, just a lot of things going on and trying to work all that stuff out. So, uh, you know, it's, it's all part of the game. It's part of staying dialed in and it's part of having a sponsor who you can work with. It's part of having a recovery program. And here's the big one. It's, and I've talked about this a couple times on, on previous podcasts that have recently came out. It's all about grace too. I didn't beat myself up today too bad for a couple of the things that have been going on, even though it's been, it's been one of those days we got to give ourselves grace. You know, tomorrow is a new day. If we're lucky enough to wake up, I don't mean that in a, in a dark sense, but in other words, how do you how do you see that? What kind of perspective do you put that in? And I'm able to put that in the perspective of gratitude. If I wake up tomorrow, it's not to scare me. It's to say, damn, I want to wake up tomorrow. And I'm super grateful when I get to do that. So um, let's move on before I just ramble my ass off right now. I mean, that's part of the show, right? We get to babble a little bit. We get to ramble. I just I always think back to that review that we read a few a few shows back at uh you know that that said uh, they they ramble a little bit. Well, that's what that's kind of what the show's about. You get to ramble a little bit. And as Jerry Seinfeld said, they, people just want to hear me talk. They want to hear people talk. It's a terrible impression of him by the way, but comedians in cars getting coffee. Just watched that the other night by the way. Miranda Sings was on there. We got to watch it with Lucy. I'd try to do the impression of her, but I'm horrible at it. I'll have to have Lou on here so she can do it. I don't know. We'll see. Thank you again for the reviews. Leave us a review. Let's move on. 
This is something I want to try that's a little bit different today. Uh, mainly because other than my wife, I get tired of doing the same thing all the time. Okay, so I wrote an article back in 2016 uh, that was published in, I believe it was the winter edition, I want to say volume 18. Um, yes, 18. And it was in Recovery Magazine. It's called In Recovery Magazine. I believe it's in recoverymagazine.com. I'm sure you can Google it if you did, you know, want to look the article up or whatever. But um, it was an article a little bit about my story and about um, the main focus of it was a, a musician. And this is what they asked me to write about. You know, you, you, you're a musician. How did that transition for you when you got sober? And uh, so I said, yeah, sure. I mean, I'd love to write something. And I, I found this by accident. Uh, just look, I'm, I was kind of clearing some things out on my desktop. I forgot that, that I had done this. It got a little bit of exposure in the magazine, of course. But I mean, I haven't looked at it since, you know, two years ago. And uh, it's titled A Broken Record. And so I thought, you know what, let's, uh, let's, let's read this story tonight. And I get, I don't, sh I mean, I share some stuff about, uh, um, you know, about my recovery and about past and about present and stuff, but I haven't done anything where I've went into a little bit of depth about, uh, some of the stuff that I was going through, you know, back in the day as a teenager. And then that went into my recovery. So I thought it might be cool, uh, to share a little bit of it. So it's titled a broken record and uh, it starts like this. Being a musician was a deep passion of mine. I picked up early on the fact that being a rocker pretty much meant you could do or say whatever the hell you wanted. This was quite appealing to me. My rebellious fuck the world attitude was quite polished at a young age, probably to cover up the many insecurities that were engraved in me from feeling lost as a kid. I also developed a certain coolness and mild-mannered attitude from skating and biking around town, listening to bands like Social Distortion, Dead Kennedys, and Two Live Crew. Add to this that alcohol, drugs, and partying were quite the norm when I was growing up in the 80s. My father certainly had no qualms of keeping this a secret around the Raymer household, and the blueprint for a glass house was built early on with no tools to help it withstand the storm. When I picked up a microphone for the first time and got in front of a few people with the sounds of hardcore punk rock blasting through the speakers behind me, I felt invincible. All of those insecurities and worries went right out the door faster than a convict being released from prison. It was a powerful high, and if you've ever been on stage, whether in front of five people or 500, chances are you know what I'm talking about. There was also another high from the alcohol and drugs that were flooding my veins. I jumped around like a madman, wailing arms and thrashing my head every which way, making faces that looked half man and half demon. I took all of the aggression I had felt out on stage, and I got to tell you, it felt exhilarating. The combination of adrenaline and substance made me feel superhuman, like I could do anything, and like I could be the person that I always wanted to be. But there was one problem. I had no idea who the hell I was. Even after one of my idols, Nick Trena, from the East Bay ska punk band Link 80, died of a heroin overdose, I had still concluded that in order to make it in the music business, I would need to drink and do drugs to gain credibility. 
I also thought it would help me be creative. After all, this is what rock stars did, or so I thought. As I coasted along into my mid-20s, this band thing was not quite working out like I expected. I was in a number of different bands, playing local shows, and sometimes going out of town to play, all while doing drywall, a job that I hated. It was a lot harder than I thought, but I was just trying to pay the bills. I was slowly learning that there was much more to it than just partying and making music. I was under the impression that the magic music fairy was going to come down and sign me to a record deal. This is what I refer to as the dreaming drunk. I was the guy who daydreamed about what his life might be like if this didn't happen to me or if that didn't happen to me. I also continued to dream that I would one day make it and prove everyone wrong. It was an endless battle of peaks and valleys, self-pity, playing the victim mentality, and a bad attitude with plenty of booze and cigarettes to compliment the guitars and all the excuses. By this time, I was on the latter end of my 20s. In 2008, I married the love of my life, Jess, and in 2010, we had our first baby, a beautiful little girl named Lucy. I took a loosely firm stance that I was going to get on with my life and quit the alcohol and drugs for good so I could be a great father to my daughter. This didn't last very long, and I was off again, chasing the bottle and the dream of becoming a rock star not long after she was born. Myself and a close friend put out the album Chemical Diet in 2011, a last-ditched effort at getting a record deal. By the title alone, it's pretty evident what was going on for the sluggish year it took us to record it. There were many drug-induced late nights that turned into early mornings watching the warm California sunrise. All the while, my wife and baby girl were wondering where the hell I was and what the hell I was doing. This lifestyle pattern seemed to be like a broken record. And not long after my 32nd birthday, as if in the blink of an eye, I woke up in a small, musty detox room within the confines of a 30-day rehab. Somehow, I had managed to drag my guitar there with me. But the funny thing was, when I got a chance to play it, it just didn't feel the same. Did I need to get high to play? Maybe I needed a drink to loosen up. Shit, maybe I just wasn't that good. Later on, I would figure out that it really wasn't any of these. Instead, I learned that maybe I was not as passionate about music as I once thought. Let me explain. I love music. I love writing. I love to sing. I love strumming an old, dusty acoustic. I'm passionate about music. But my passion became confused with the desire to live in a fantasy world of becoming a rock star and all the fortune and fame that supposedly comes with it. Mix this in with substance abuse and there's a recipe for a very unsuccessful dream in most cases. I never understood the mental stability and business savviness it takes to succeed in the music business. In fact, I had no clue. I still love to play my guitar and sing some Social D or some old Hank Williams. I have fun rocking out in my living room with my two-year-old son Cash, watching him bang his drumsticks together trying to keep a beat. There's a genuine, sobering smile on my face in knowing that I'm playing because I enjoy to play, not because I'm trying to find fame or fortune. It turns out that the thousands of hours spent over the years writing, recording, producing, and performing weren't all for nothing. In fact, 
Six months out of rehab, I found a new passion that would change my life. I started That Sober Guy and Sober Guy Radio in April of 2014. I found a deep fulfillment in diving headfirst into vulnerability by sharing my story on the Sober Guy platform. As it turned out, there were many others out there struggling with the same issues. And the fact that I kept the show's content real and raw with no filters for language or show topics seemed to attract new listeners by the day. I think this stemmed from my roots and love for the punk rock way, the DIY mentality, and the Link 80 against the rest attitude where the truth and independence always prevail. This all stemmed from surrendering, determination to make a difference, and putting my true passion out on the table for all the right reasons. As the Sober Guy community continues to grow, I found a deep love for helping others that I could never have imagined. I genuinely wake up excited every day to see what the day holds in store. This is not to say my life is perfect. It's not, and neither am I. But when I get an email from a guy on the other side of the world telling me how last week's podcast may have saved his life, the positive effects of a message like this are amazing on both ends. This life is about the pursuit of happiness through relationships and self-love, not fame or fortune. Who knows, I may put out an acoustic album again one day, but who knows when the time will be. Maybe I won't. I'll leave that decision and the many others I can't control up to him, the man with the plan upstairs. In closing, I'd like to leave with a quote from the mother of a punk rock icon who, like so many other moms out there, lost her son to a battle with mental health and addiction. It comes from an author many of you have probably heard of. Her name is Danielle Steele. And her son, Nick Traina, was an inspiration to me and many other kids out there trying to find their way in a world full of confusion. This is quoted from the prologue of His Bright Light, the book about her son, Nick Traina. She says, if I had three wishes, one would be that he had never suffered from mental illness. The other would be, of course, that he were still alive today. But the third would be that someone had warned me at some point that his illness, manic depression, could kill him. It was Nick who made it all worthwhile. He did it for us and for himself and we for him. It was a dance of love from beginning to end. His life was worth living, whatever the handicaps and challenges. I think he'd agree with that, and I have no doubt of it. I have no regrets, no matter how hard it was. I wouldn't have given up one second with him. And what happened in the end was his destiny. As his song says, destiny, dance with me, my destiny. And how sweet the music was. And that's one of my favorite songs. Very sad, but a great one. The sound of it will forever live on just like Nick and our love for him, Danielle Steele. I hope that... Uh, Gives you a little understanding, a little bit about my background and, and love for music and also understanding that um, something I love, which I still love, um, I didn't really know. I didn't really know much about it at the same time or about myself and why I thought I loved that so much. Um, in other words, the expectations and the um, uh, the reason for doing what I wanted to do, they weren't really in the right place. You know, yeah, definitely passionate about music, but it, it wasn't in the right place. It wasn't right. And it, it wasn't my destiny. 
you know, so um, it's funny how God shows us things when when we don't expect them. And he shows us things through through ways that that we would least expect it. You know, I never would have thought in a million years, five years ago, I'd be, you know, sitting here doing podcasts for a living and talking about recovery. That was not my plan. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it wasn't my plan to to be in recovery, to be, you know, somebody who struggles with substances. And um, that's the beauty of it. It's not it's not for me to control. It's not in my um, capacity as a human being uh, to control that. Man, I got to take a breath. You know, this stuff is uh, cray 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 cray, son. I need to do some fun shit. I'm supposed to have my homie Sean B on sometime. And, and we were just going to share a bunch of shit bag wild stories from back in the day. What would you guys think of that? Would you enjoy that? I'm curious. If you would enjoy that, I would ask you a favor. Hit me up on Instagram at real that sober guy. And let me know. Hey, I would love to hear some of your shit bag stories. And uh, maybe I'll hook up with Sean Beasy and uh, him and I can kick back and just share some stories. We don't, you know, it's not something that you're supposed to do and we would never do that all the time. But I think it is, uh, there's some, there's some funny ass stories from back in the day and probably half of them that I don't remember until I get talking about them with some of the other homies. So uh, maybe we'll do that. Let us know what you think. If you would like to hear that, if that's something that you'd be interested in and, um, see about setting that up um i hope that your week your day your month your moment your hour your minute your second your right now is absolutely amazing and let me tell you why it should be because you're fucking alive and i believe that was number two got away with only two f-bombs tonight today that's amazing i beat you seth you had five i had two Unless I miscounted, I may have had three. I think it was only two. But uh, yeah, show us some love. Check us out at thatsoberguy.com. Get your tickets to the live show coming up. September 7th, the Phoenix Theater, Petaluma, California. Who's pumped? Who's pumped? A broken record. Oh yeah, I'm going to play some guitar. Hope you all have a good one. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean.